and welcome to The Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Where are you? Uh, I'm in space right now, believe it or not. Yeah, clearly. Look at that. We should start doing yeah, these look. video <laughs> podcasts because... Uh, I think we should. <laughs> I think we should. We should. Whoa! But then I'd have to start doing the makeup thing before we get on. Wait a minute! I don't have my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're just like a you're like a floating head. <laughs> it reminds me of Lord Helmet from the Spaceballs. You know, I just imagine you with that. Yes, <laughs> and you fit the bill, Rick Moranis yeah, over there. You really do. All right, you could, pull that <laughs> off. you could be a Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I see more with these glasses that I got on too. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course I'll be here all week. And folks. of course we have our lovely, the lovely Lori. Hi, how's everybody doing? Happy Father's Day, all the fathers out there. Yes, yes, Happy Father's Day. Happy, happy Father's, father's Day. Day. I didn't even think. Um, you know, next year when it's starting to get close to this holiday, remind we need to remember because, of course, if we would record today, it would have been too late. But we need to remember when these things are coming up because a Father's Day category would have been something good to talk about. Yeah, what have? Well, shoot. Yeah, let's do it real quick. Like, off yeah, the cuff. why not? Off the cuff. Okay. Uh, best father. Uh, let's see. Um, let's do it live. <laughs> we're doing it My live. My whole perception let's of see. fathers have always been centered around two father figures in movies. And they're both voiced. Goofy? <laughs> Goofy, yeah. No, And they're both voiced by the same man. And the two fathers are Darth Vader and Mufasa. <laughs> ah, it's like, yes. if you're a bad father, you get to stick it out until you're redeemed. Or you're a great father and get trampled by what wildebeest. So <laughs> You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Maybe the Joker was on to something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are my two top uh, favorite <laughs> father figures in cinema. Wow. wow. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I would have to say... Uh, um, dang it. Who did I just say? Goofy. I would like to say Goofy <laughs> as my first yes. choice. And... Uh, hey, give it up for the single fathers out there speaking Woo! of Goofy. Yeah. Goofy. Yeah. Single father. I know that's so great. Yeah, we got Goofy, and then I'm gonna say Marlin from Finding Nemo. Oh, Ooh. I love that too. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, uh, I don't know about a father figure per se, uh, but I know a great my favorite father movie, uh, mm. and uh, I'm gonna go with Big Fish. Uh, Tim Burton's mm. Big Fish. Uh, yes. If anybody hasn't seen that. Every Father's Day, uh, I saw this movie when it came out in theaters, and it got me there. I was, like, ugly crying at the end because it just hit me. Like, it was, like, that <laughs> moment where I'm ugly crying at the end, you know, and uh, my boyfriend's looking and saying, are you all right? I was just like, that was my dad! That's, like, my <laughs> whole relationship. Oh, God. And oh. I think it's a lot of people's. It has a lot of very common core messages there about – uh, knowing who your dad is when you know him as a child, when you know him as you're growing older into a cool teen and then into a mature adult and, you know, and, and that rebellion of not wanting to be what your father was, you kind of tend to strike out on your own path sometimes. And, uh, it gets to that point to, uh, where your father does pass away and you kind of start to really think about your father and who he was and you haven't even you would never think right and and i've kind of discovered that in life recently but after even a father passes your relationship with him evolves once again because mm -hmm. uh you have that a new relationship with him with his memories and then it's everything now you carry it with you and then you relate it to everything with your children and it's going to evolve again when you become a grandfather <laughs> and with yeah. everything that happens and it's just how that's uh, i love how that movie kind of carries it on in such a whimsical way in such a quirky way it's very it's very magical that's why there's a musical of it and there people love to do stage productions of it uh because it's in that tim burton world which makes it all very fantasy and at the end i love it at the end because all the friends and family are gathered 
and they're not exactly who they thought he he they were in the stories that his father used to tell but all of a sudden he started recognizing all of them and he realized who they were in his life you know because we mm -hmm. all like build things up or we have a way of telling our kids stories about our past uh, uh you know the tale of the big fish oh i caught a fish this big all the exaggerations to make it more interesting to make it more magical and uh, he kind of like sits there and realizes and then he has children of his own and he's telling them the stories that his father taught him and they're like wow tell us that story about grandpa again and it's just ah you know it, it's you spend your whole life trying to know them you know in all the wrong ways and then after they pass away you realize you know you start realizing how well you actually did know them and just beautiful movie i recommend it to anybody on father's day big fish tim burton yeah i gotta check this out i've never seen it before it's amazing yeah. amazing and they made a musical of it a whole stage version which i haven't seen but i totally want to because yeah, i've heard about that too it's very intriguing it's very intriguing oh my goodness you have to see it i don't want to spoil it this is a movie that you got to go in you got to watch it but yes be take your tissue because there's something in All there right. that relates to everybody and their daddy <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. One of Tim Burton's best, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you not knowing about the movie, don't even look up the cast. I'll, I'll yeah. say Is this that. the same thing as Real Big Fish? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> the Ska No, band. I don't think so. No. No Ska and Big Fish. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very okay. disappointed No, nobody mentioned Dr. Evil. Oh, I like that. Oh, uh, yeah. How about Scotty Don't? Scotty Don't. Scotty Don't. <laughs> He tries, right. but sometimes parents are different than their children. Ain't that just the way? <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to be talking about, speaking of fish, <laughs> <laughs> great. Did you plan that, Lori? Look no! at you and Look at you and your segues. I know. Father's Day, big fish. We're going to talk about some fish boys yeah, today. With parental mm -hmm. issues of their own. Daddy issues. So you mean Pixar in a nutshell, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Pixar's formula. Uh, but first, before we get into Luca really quick, I want to say there was a movie that came out this weekend as well, and that was called The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard that I actually recently did like a little double feature. Mm. I rented the first one, haven't seen it, and then I watched the second one, and... I will say, not to give too much away, this is not going to be like a full review, but I will say the second was a lot better than the first one. Really? I yes. I And, and that's because I really, really, really liked the first one. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. They play to their strengths, and I think they make a great duo. And I think Salma Hayek was very underutilized in the first one, mm -hmm. but I'm just thinking they had a plan to make a second one because she's like, the star <laughs> in that and second she's one. Fantastic. She's amazing. I mean, she's very funny in the first one, mm -hmm. but the second one, it's she's dialed up to eleven. Wow. I gotta see this. And you get a little uh El Desperado reunion. <gasps> Antonio Banderas is the villain in the second one. That's right. Yes. And I was surprised to see Gary Oldman in the first one. Yeah, that was Gary Oldman. Yeah. That's crazy. I haven't seen either, but I did recently see the preview for the sequel, and I remember yeah. thinking I want to I wanted to check it out because the sequel had a, it was heavy. The trailer was very heavy on Salma, and I yeah. love Salma Hayek. I think when they allow her to go, she's very passionate. She mm -hmm. can, you know, I know like some people think that she's a little bit too much sometimes, but I'm like, no, no. If you let her go all the way, I think it's when they put her in movies where they try to kind of mute her down that she doesn't work. Because if you just let her go, then it always works. So I love seeing her where they really just kind of let her do her thing. Yeah, the sequel is like perfect for her and her character and just, just amazing. I can't praise it enough. And uh, yeah, uh, for those who haven't even seen the first one, do what I did and just do a little double feature. You know, stay at home, watch the movie, and then go straight to a theater and watch the sequel. But that's it. I just wanted to shout out that movie. Love Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, and of course, Salma Hayek. Gotta shout right. out the little guys from here uh, every once in a while. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> they need more work, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds isn't in enough, I would say. No, no. And it's so great. Like, he plays himself in almost everything, mm -hmm. and yet you still don't get tired of him. It's like The Rock. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do like The Rock. And I like Ryan Reynolds. You're right. They're very likable. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson. I mean, he's cussing. He's laughing. Yeah. And then there's going to be that movie with Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot on Netflix later this year. Red Faction, Red Action, or something like that. Red Alert. Yeah. Something, one of those three, maybe. Yeah, we'll look out for that one when it comes out. Because Netflix is giving us a movie every week. Uh, I haven't seen a movie every week on Netflix. I think I've only been on Netflix like twice this year. There's a movie called Awake that just came out. It's with Gina Rodriguez, the one from Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the premise, okay, I watched some of it. I was in and out of it because I didn't. It, it didn't really interest me, but people can't go to sleep and it's making them go crazy. Watch Before I Wake. That one uh, is written and directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Dr. Sleep. Um, mm. He did Gerald's Game uh, for Netflix. Oh, what else did he do? He did one other thing, but this is an original idea. Whatever you think is going to happen, just just watch the movie. It's called Before I Wake. It's on Netflix as well. Oh, okay. Great. Wow, a lot of insomnia <laughs> type of movies coming out. Mm-hmm. During the quarantine, really, guys? We're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. timing. <laughs> Couldn't wait until it was all over. All right. Well, on this episode, like I said, we're talking about another Pixar film, Luca. You can watch this on Disney Plus right now. No premium. Only $7.99 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Set in a beautiful seaside town on the Italian Rivera, the original animated feature is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with a newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deadly held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the water's surface. Wait, what? <laughs> this movie is directed by Enrico Casarosa. And the cast here, we have Jacob Tremblay voicing Luca, the lead here. Those who know him most for room. Or wonder. And voicing his best friend here, Alberto, is Jack Dylan Grazer, which I thought... His voice has gone deep recently, so I wonder when they recorded this movie. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he does not sound the same as he did in the movie. And also a third party here is Julia, voiced by Emma Berman. I mean, Pixar, what a powerhouse of a studio. Mm -hmm. I would say from their first movie, the first Toy Story, all the way up until, you know, the Toy Story first three. decade of the new millennium. They've just been rock solid. I'll say the uh, the teens, the twenty teens, whatever you want to call that decade. It's a, it was a little hit and miss, you know, here and there. But we're in a new decade, and I thought they were strong with Soul starting off the decade, right? Onward. Oh, Onward came out. Oh, well, either way, I pretty great start to the decade. Yeah, both of them. And now we're here with Luca. So I guess I'll just go around the panel here and say uh, or ask expectations. What were they going into Luca? Honestly, I didn't really know what to expect. Pixar has been on a bit of a hot streak. Onward was pretty good and Soul was was Soul. It was decent. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um so I, I wasn't sure if this was just kind of like a lucky break, a lucky streak, or if Pixar was actually back. It's all the headlines. Is Pixar back with Luca? And they did it with Onward. They did it with Soul. That's just going to be the Pixar headline mainstay for here on out. Is Pixar back? I liked Luca. I didn't know what to expect, but uh, I wound up liking it. It was... It's just kind of... Are we talking about it now, or are we... Um, no, I mean, well, Lori, I want to get your expectations in here. Okay, right off the bat, my expectations for it. Yes, my kids, they knew about it. Uh, I saw the trailer. Uh, it, it did lack a little grab for me, but other Pixar movie trailers have before, too, and they've, like, blown me out of the water. So I was hopeful. I thought it was going to be really good. I was very excited about this movie. I, I think from the trailer, it just got me... It's a... It's literally a fish out of water story. So is the Little Mermaid. 
<laughs> yes, and that's what I, I was zing. not like the vibes, but of course the same kind of premise where you have a character who lives in the water and wants to go on land and you know dance among the humans. So among I us. was very hopeful for it. I think Onward was very solid. I thought Soul was great as well. So I thought it was a very it felt like a turning of the leaf with Pixar, especially the past decade and how wonky it was. I mean, when they hit, they hit. I mean, we got Coco, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. So when Pixar hits, oh. it really hits. But it's so weird how Pixar is like, I still consider one of the top animation studios. But at the same time, it feels like they're still kind of recovering from the past decade. That's why you're getting those articles like, are they back? So it's so weird in, in a position that Pixar is in right now and how each film they put out is already it's already going to face expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to face expectations from just an animated film, from a Pixar film and just whatever's competing, especially in streaming, which, by the way, I still have a problem with. It's terrible that how Disney's just. I don't, I don't know. To me, it's a little disheartening to see how Pixar is just stolen <laughs> uh, Pixar's formula. Well, not formula, just their methods of animation. Obviously, Disney knew that 2D animation was, was going out the window and they had to just adjust to the times. And they just took all of Pixar's homework and just started doing Pixar movies. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like ever since then, Pixar has kind of gotten just the short end of the stick. When it came to that, especially when we saw Jal Nassiner, sorry if I mentioned him, I mean, I have to, uh, he, when he moved over to Disney Animation Studios, I, I think that's where the dip in quality from Pixar started to show. I think they had a very solid team, and once they were kind of losing them, I know there's a few still on there, uh, it wasn't as strong as it was. Uh, that being said, I think I... I enjoyed Luca. Uh, do I think it's one of their best ones? Definitely not. I think this is very middle of the road for Pixar. Yes. Yeah. If we're talking about just Pixar alone, then yes. Yeah. I think this is where I see the cracks in the Pixar formula where it's like character wants to do a thing. Things parents or higher figures say no. Person still does the thing. Adventure. And then things get resolved at the end. I saw that in Coco. I saw that in, let's say, Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. You know, so very simple this movie is. It's a very simple story. There's not a lot to it, but there is a lot to like. Um, yes. While I don't think it's one of Pixar's best, I still enjoyed it. It was a good time. But yeah, it's not one of my favorites either. But it's still a good time. I recommend it, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's a Pixar movie. It's good, but I've seen Pixar do better. But that's not this movie's fault, so um, it's a it's a struggle with this one. Yeah. Laura, you saw this with the kids, right? I'm coming in hot <laughs> with the Mom of Three review. And let me tell you, after the first 20 Oof. minutes, all three of them had wandered out of the room. Yeah. And, that, and that's just the real honest reaction from their target market. Okay, so let's just get away from what we see. Their target market, it didn't hold them. I had to ask them to come back, like, come on, guys, let's watch it to the end because I have to watch it anyway. Let's give it a chance. By the end of it, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, oh, that was cute. <laughs> but is it one that we're going to go back and watch again? No. Uh, it was too unrelatable, and actually that's what my oldest told me. He was like, I don't know, it's hard to find something relatable to this. He goes, and I get it, it's okay, we don't know right away. They don't make it very clear to us. Uh, we see an underground kind of family, and they're very <laughs> Italian. <laughs> I wish they had started more with the Italian above ground than underground, because under the sea, I was just like, what's going on here? That was confusing. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough time spent in the water. There wasn't enough time spent in the water, and everybody's all, all of a sudden an Italian stereotype. Let's be honest. You know, mama, eat the food, and oh, no, watch it. And then he's there, he's shepherding fish. <laughs> so I, I get how they're trying to make it like an, they're a regular world, but I don't know. Some, oh, a part of me wishes they would have started with the girl, but I guess then it would have been her story. But I don't think it would have been her story, or mm. at least a day in the life above. 
So then we could have gotten a clear picture that this was Italy, and then we could have moved under the water. But I think that because they started off with the Italian there, it, it found me questioning too much. And then like, okay, yeah, okay. I, I get it. Like, okay, they're in Italy. Okay, that ties it all in together. But I felt like mm -hmm. it take, took away from me wondering, you know? And then you get up there and some people, some of the people are talking like this. And then some of the people are talking like this. And that's always confusing for me. I wanted to bring that up. So I know, especially now, we're in the age of representation properly when you're representing certain cultures. And looking at the cast here, I'm not knocking not on their the fault. cast, you know. They got casted. Good for them. They, I thought they did a great it's job. It's not their fault. You're absolutely not. You're right. Yeah. I just thought it was, I don't want to say hypocritical, but it was just interesting to see how every time we see certain characters portrayed by someone that's not from that culture or from that community, there's a little bit of pushback saying, why didn't you, why didn't you hire a certain demographic for this certain character? And so I was thinking from this movie being set in Italy, you would get a lot of Italian actors. Sophia Loren. You know, with, with, everybody with knows proper that voice. Italian yeah. accents. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Roberto Benini. Everybody knows him and he speaks English, you know, uh, they all have accents and they, but they've all, he did life is beautiful. And he voiced over his own voice in English for that. It was broken English, but it was him. You yeah. know, they're, they do speak English and they can still do it with the accent. They have the accent you want. They are native Italians. It is interesting that they didn't go that route. It seemed a little lazy to me. I mean, you would think Pixar would want to save some money in translation actors, you know? <laughs> you have both your your actors who speak solely Italian, and when they do speak English, they do have an accent, but it's authentic. Yeah, that was a little strange to me. Did anyone notice, and I had to look it up because it was a very familiar voice, the uncle that they were going to threaten the child with to go down in the deep? Did you see the post credit scene? Yeah. Nightmares. How about that? Um, <laughs> Punch his heart. <laughs> I was like, Whale carcass. Voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen. I know. I, I thought it was. I love Sasha Baron Cohen, of course. I just. I don't know that. It was just so random uh, for that character to come on. And uh, I don't know. Like, it felt like a script thing. Like, we need to threaten this character to finally burst out into the land. You know, that, no, that yeah, motivation because the, the, the uncle isn't brought up ever again. Yeah. Uh, except in, at the it's end just needed for. A, yeah. For a quick excuse. Yeah. And, you know, what's so funny from the beginning of the movie, I thought I think the first 10 minutes I was like, this is like Little Mermaid meets Finding Nemo. And it's so funny how the end credit scene is an angelfish character, same as the post credit scene for Finding Nemo. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. I. Uh, uh, lazy Pixar fan theory lazy. moment. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Pixar fan theory moment is the fish at the end, Giuseppe. Who's this? That he was a little rascal in the beginning. That that Giuseppe. Oh yeah. You think he was the the fish who ran away? That's right. Maybe. That little rascal. That little rascal. <laughs> this is the same problem I had with Onward, and it was the world building where it had so much potential, but they sacrificed that for relatability where onward everyone's an average joe magic's not really a thing and people can see themselves in that world like oh look that person's doing aerobics just so happens to be an elf here uh the the underland sea whatever they're just a farm it's like it's like living on a farm but under the sea the set design for Under the Ocean was just so bland. There was nothing to it. It all looked the same. Okay, yep. and can I also make a comment about what time are we in? I get one is underwater and one's above water, but both of them didn't seem to be set in the same time. Underwater seemed a little bit more like old school because he's there shepherding. You go up and people are having bicycle marathon races. Like they're cultivated. So underwater, like, they're still there herding sheep. First of all, like, you're in the water. Why would you need to do that? Like, I, I, I get it. But I was just like, if they were going to have a parallel, why wouldn't they be in the same time period? 
I think that would have been interesting because that also, there were things that made it confusing and not like, I know as adults, we can sit there and like, oh, okay, okay. We can kind of look past a lot of things, but kids call bullshit on everything. And my kids are just like, so what, what is this supposed to be taking place? Like they were calling out everything. <laughs> and I was like, I know kids, I know. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the art style either. Not to be that guy, but I think the Cal Arts uh, art style is just kind of overused. Um, it's the where you get the the jelly bean looking head, and you get the jelly bean mouth. It's the style for Luca, like Amazing World of Gumball. A bunch of Cartoon Network shows use this art style, and I think it's overused to death. And it's it was weird seeing Pixar use such a overused uh, in my opinion overused art style it's different it looks different from the rest of pixar's catalog sure but everything else looked really realistic like there were some shots where i was like is this did they just film this like scene the scenery shot um and then the 3d cal arts characters come running in it's like oh wait and it's very jarring plus the main Luca looks a lot like a young Tom Holland. I get Tom Holland vibes. <laughs> like they couldn't get him to voice Luca, so they made him look just like him. I will say, yeah, past the art, I do actually like our three leads in this movie up until a certain point. Okay, there's very there's two points in for each character that kind of tarnished their characters one of them was are we getting into spoilers yeah i i think i want to uh just because okay. yeah so let's wrap up and here you know what's a quick. shame though there's not a lot to talk about with this movie aside from spoilers which says a lot because i think this movie was very simplistic i think the story was very hmm the stakes weren't high enough no it was a very small very contained story and again uh, not every movie has to be this big bombastic adventure no even if it is a Pixar movie, but it did just feel like it left you wanting more and not in a good way. Actually, I'm looking right now at my letterbox. Uh, don't follow me because I'm not really... I just rank stuff. I don't really do reviews. Yeah, I know. You're not active at all. <laughs> I just do my list. That's all I really downloaded it for. Don't judge me. Just tune into the show and you'll hear all my thoughts. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm giving a, a, a little uh, tidbits away. Uh, unintentionally for my Fast and Furious reviews. Oh. Uh, come back next week for that. Oh, yes. In terms of my ranking here, I'm looking at it, and I think it is mid... Okay, we're at this point where there are a lot more better Pixar movies compared to, like, bad ones. So me saying it's, like, mid-tier, there's a lot of good movies in that mid-tier list. Yeah. So it's definitely towards the bottom the s and a if you were like making a tier list the s and a categories would be super it would be so one-sided and then you would have like one in b one in d yeah you know yeah i'm putting this one like around like definitely below onward i'm struggling mm -hmm. it i'm struggling to put it like around incredibles 2 i think i like this one more than incredibles 2 mm. I'm not sure. Or maybe... No, Incredibles 2. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm right in between. I'm, I'm in the same category. Worse than Onward, but I don't know about Incredibles 2. Interesting that our rankings are both like that. Yeah. I want to see your list now. I will send it to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's... Yeah, let's go ahead and do our rankings here. So that way we can really talk about the nitty gritty here. And uh, What would you rate it? So... Again, for those who don't know, this is how we do our ratings here. We pretend we're going to the box office, and we are going to pay the Ticketmaster $1 to $10. And 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. And we go by the quarter here. So, Jackson, how much would you pay to see Luca? I would pay six seventy-five. Ooh, okay. Not quite $7, but... More than six. Okay. Lori. You know what? I would pay five bucks and here's how I'm gonna here's mm. how I reason it. I would pay the five bucks to get each uh, me and each of my kids in to see like an outdoor screen of it at like the park along with Ooh. or like a pool. 
you yeah. know, something that also had other entertainment and like, oh, and they're showing Luca. I'll pay five bucks for that. But as far as like, uh, and that's a theater experience in itself, an outdoor theater experience. But as far as just going to the theater, I'd probably save my money. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, now that we're, now that we have the movie, kind of smart for Disney to release this on Disney Plus. Yeah. But is that the, is that going to be the legacy of Pixar though, where they don't That's, have uh, enough confidence in their Pixar movies to where they're like, you know what, let's just put it on Disney well, Plus see, for free. Soul was a a new thing. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't charge the thirty dollars for Soul. Though. I think it was like a last minute thing. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like it. Yeah. So Soul was just another casualty of the pandemic, but this one was a choice, and I'm not sure what the next what they're going to do with the next one if. This one was just kind of like a, we just didn't trust Luca that much, but you know what? We'll give it to you on the next one. I don't really know what's going on at Disney behind the scenes. Does anyone really? All we can do is speculate. Yep. But um, so who knows what the the Mickey Mouse heads are thinking? I feel like we're talking about mental breakdown, Britney. Like, uh, what's going on with Britney, you guys? <laughs> like, she had so many good hits, and then like, I don't know what she shaved her head. Like, what's going on with Britney? Like this, hey, you leave her alone. Like this is going somewhere good, right, guys? Like it's part of something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully Pixar can not really bounce back. I, I think they're doing fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's not a bad movie. No, it's just it could have been better. They've done much better. And Lori, I love that you bring up your kids because I've noticed this in kids, but they'll like randomly be running around the house, and something's on on the television. And randomly, they'll just, like, stop dead in the tracks and, like, go zombie mode and just absorb whatever they're watching. And Content. I've seen that many of times Content. with movies like Pixar movies. Like, there's a scene in Toy Story where they'll just, like, stop and they just want to watch this part. And then they'll move on with their day. I don't see that happening here with Luca. You know, again, it's a testament to their audience and how they react to it. And it's yeah. just funny how your kids, like, how many minutes in they just walked away oh yeah i was like 20 minutes they were like no <laughs> yeah i'm going to the box office and i'm giving this six a flat six give it a five and a wrinkled up one nice mm. yeah all right well for those who haven't watched it tune out now get to it yeah just go watch it it's on disney plus yeah, we know you're using 40 somebody else's account it's okay we don't yeah, judge here it's fine yeah, if you got... Disney has enough money. Don't feel bad. Yeah, don't. Yeah, it's two hours. Why not? And then come back here and listen to our spoiler discussion. And that starts now. So both of these fish boys are... I know they're young, but they're kind of crappy people. Like, they yeah. they turn into crappy people. <laughs> yeah. Look as an asshole. They're both a-holes. Just yeah, but a that, bunch poor, of a-holes. that poor kid, the, the one that was there, is like, what are those marks for? I started that when my dad left. He said I was old enough to be on my own. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah, got yeah. dark so quickly. Oh, yeah. Speaking of dark, Luca almost had his best friend murdered because he ratted him out. I, mm -hmm. yeah, that's very Italian. <laughs> <laughs> he almost had him whacked. Your family's a bunch of rats. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps with the fishies. So he is Literally. A <laughs> yeah. yeah. Weren't we just joking about when will society deem what? the Italian and French accents as offensive? <laughs> yeah. I think Luca's the movie to bring up that discussion. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like we make fun of Italians kind of a lot, right? <laughs> I mean, there's an emoji now. This is an emoji. Oh, that is true. The Italian hand thing, it's an emoji. It really is. It feels like a bit that's gone too far. Yeah. Like, when is there an end in sight? Should there? Should it have even been started? Luca, you're a rat. Your whole family's <laughs> full of rats. It's a sea monster. <laughs> sea monster! <laughs> Get Cold-hearted bitch. And then the best friend gets jealous out of nowhere once the 
the friend, the girlfriend. Yeah, there, it feels like there there was like a, a friendship triangle, uh, yeah. or maybe it was a love triangle. And that happens um, a lot. There were definitely some crushes going on. It wasn't really touched upon, but there was something bubbling under the surface. Yeah, but that kids happens a lot with kids. Yes, that coming happens. of age. Yeah. Yes, there's lots of those. Oh, they were my friend. Now they're her friend. Blah 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 blah. I just thought it was very just out of nowhere because everybody was on good terms at the beginning and it wasn't until the the girl introduced education <laughs> to Luca is when he started like getting mad like you don't want your kid having your friend to be educated I mean now he wanted oh. the power dynamic oh so the stars aren't fishes anymore so you think you're better than me you think <laughs> yeah. you're better than me you're not better than me see I okay maybe it would have been more offensive but i wish they would have played into the mafia aspect <laughs> a little bit imagine if the antagonist was part of the mafia like that's how he gets taken out as a as a villain the mafia there's these guys in suits come out of a limo after he loses the race and they're like all right come with us he's like no get no. in the car like, no no i'm not going <laughs> we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way it's just kind of touched upon and He's never seen again. Yeah, it would have been a lot better than the villain that we got. I mean, he was like a thirty year, very short 30-year-old man with that mustache. No, he's 16. I mean, granted, when I was 13, I had the same mustache. So I <laughs> feel his pain. Who didn't? When he walked in, they said, uh, aren't you too old for this? I'm 17. Weren't you 17 last year? Yes, but this year it's true. My kids all looked and said, look, Mom, that's you. Aww. They're all dead now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the roast of Lori Guardo, everybody. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> hey, speaking of mustaches, so gills, I mean, uh, fins, are mustaches now? I mean. I think that, yeah, I'm not sure what that was. I don't know. I get it. It's character design. I don't know what the anatomy is. Again, that's the CalArts art style. It's not to be that guy, but. And they don't just I have tails. They have here. feet, like in web feet and a little tail. So yeah. it was definitely a new design. Yeah. There were slender creatures. At least the kids were. Yeah, that world could have used a lot more love in there. I mean, there was like, there's a whole family thing going on. Like, you have the grandma there. Uh, it all felt kind of half-assed. Like, oh, yeah, family's here. Family's and, important. And I wish they would have touched more on her father because he was the heart and very protective. Ended up saving them at the end. And just because he was the biggest guy there, like, hey, okay, well, listen to the big guy. Yeah. Yeah, he would. He should have been developed a lot more. Yes, because I got that he was supposed to be the heart, but I felt like it was just that. I felt like they looked at, like, oh, God, we forgot to put a heart in this script. Oh, look, punch that. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Throw him in there. There it is. Yeah, and he looked a lot like the father from Chance with the uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. Cloudy with yeah. the Chance of Meatballs, <laughs> and also from Fro uh, that and from Frozen, he looked like the guy that at the shop. They stop at that shop. Yes. Yoo hoo. Yoo hoo. And then the, did Vespa sponsor this movie? Like, how much did they? <laughs> I think that's just because it's Italians and, like, you know, but Italians in their Vespas. Oh, God. I was just kind of <laughs> Which is like, funny because so I 80s. feel like, yeah, I feel like it, the Vespas are kind of clowned on. A but lot. this movie's trying to make them cool again. Hey, we're not Italian. What do we know? Maybe Vespa was that's like a. That's true. When you thing. grow up, buy a Vespa, kids. I, I like that aspect. I like that, you know, to a kid, this scooter is like everything. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's realistic. You know, it represents like they, freedom. They attach and, uh, you know. their whole future on, on this one thing. Yeah, there's so they're not, so many elements I like. They're not I caring like. about all the consequences. They're just so focused on the dream, you know? Yeah, elements in this movie worked very well. One of my favorite moments in here was when the best friend comes back to help uh, with the umbrella and the umbrella falls and reveals that, you know, he's a sea monster to the city, the town. Just stuff like that. I love how this movie's message is about acceptance. Yeah. About mm -hmm. just because you're different, you know, you, you shouldn't fear it. Um, I, I think it's important for kids to see this movie. Uh, well, I'm sure there's other movies that are do a lot better of a job with it in terms of story. But a great message for kids to have. It's about not fearing what you don't understand because there was this whole fear exactly. uh, around them because they didn't know them. Um, and isn't that always how it is, you know? Yeah. Ain't that just the way? Do we know what 
Pixar's doing next? I don't. Um, yeah, we do. Um, let me see. Why don't you? I can. Yeah, they released it in the. Uh, <laughs> Calling me a liar. <laughs> yeah, with Happy the. Uh, birthday. <laughs> the shareholders meeting at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year when they like, here's everything coming out with Disney. I think. Oh yeah, the next their next one is turning red about the the girl who can turn into a giant red panda. Which is a metaphor for communism. <laughs> yes. And then uh, the year after that is Lightyear. Oh. And then Untitled Pixar Animation Project 3. Lightyear. It's a metaphor for global warming. <laughs> so Pic- I think Lori's on to something. It's a metaphor for the future. I'm so happy Pixar stopped, stopped doing these like pitches in conventions. Because that's exactly how they lost Newt. <laughs> yes, I'm doing this again. That's yep. So a couple years ago, for those who don't know, oh, here we go. Pixar did a whole presentation in front of like a million people, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna make this movie called Newt, and it's about the last other species. They're they they're blue, and it's gonna come out in a couple years because it takes years to make this damn movie." Meanwhile, Blue Sky, which don't they own Blue Sky now? Yep. <laughs> Pixar won at the end. Who got the last laugh? Exactly. Blue Sky is like, oh, let's do that, but like in half the time and half the effort, and let's put a bunch of pop songs in there and call it a movie. And that's why we got Rio. I'm, I know people like Rio, but I don't like really? it. Really? Rio sucks. You can suck it. Hashtag bring back Newt. Okay. It's never going to happen. I will fight the good fight. Really? Yeah. I don't blame people who do like Rio. I mean, it's it's got the music, it's got the colors. Rio de Janeiro, it's a beautiful place. Jesse Eisenberg and Hathaway, George Lopez, powerhouse trio. Right there. I don't care what you say. Great chemistry. I mean. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, who doesn't have chemistry with Jesse Eisenberg? Amen. Yeesh. (laughs) Didn't. I don't want to slander celebrities, especially the Hispanics out there. But didn't George Lopez like leave his wife after she gave him a kidney? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's funny. He's not a saint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine giving your better, your better kidney I, to your better I'm half. Sure, and he leaves I'm you. sure the line he gave her when he left her though was. Hilarious. I got this! Pointing to his kidney. I got, I got this. Get it? Like the George Lopez show. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Just like a man. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We still love you, George Lopez. Don't speak on behalf of all of us, Dylan. <laughs> oh, I think he's hilarious. He's I love funny. George Lopez. I think he's so freaking funny. I When I first saw his stand-up, I was younger, of course. I was in high school, but I laughed so hard I almost peed my pants. Just because there was just something he hit on that resonated. Like, the way he describes his family, I'm just like, hell, yes, that's my family. Yeah, for those who haven't seen the Latino Kings of Comedy, uh, that's one of my favorite stand-up specials ever. We're supposed to be talking about Luca, and (laughs) we just kind of went our own separate way going to talk about George Lopez, which kind of shows the power of Luca. (laughs) If it can derail us to talk about George Lopez. (laughs) Then that speaks for the movie right there. I think it does. I think we're done here. I think that's it. I, oh, really quick. I just want to announce, official announcement here. Ladies and gentlemen, I think two episodes from now, we are bringing mm-hmm. back one of our favorite and most epic events in the cinema show, and that is called Cinema Scuffle. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. It is going to be four questions. They are uh, non-closed questions. They're debatable. And we're going to have three fighters on here. And I guess I, I can announce them now, our three fighters here. So anyone listening for the first time, here you go. We have, and for those who do know, who have followed the cinema show from the beginning, uh, you should know some of these people. But Aaron Salinas, out from Austin, he's out there. He's going to be uh, one of our fighters. Also, uh, Lino. Now going, we're going ba- based off first name <laughs> basis here. But we have Lino as a fighter, and we have a uh, someone who has been on the show 
before on the podcast. He has he was on the Godzilla pod uh, episode. Emmanuel, he's going to be on the show too. So we have our three fighters, and more details coming soon. I'm very excited about this. We just finalized it, and it's going to be a good show. I can't wait. Stay for, tuned for that one. So excited. It's going to be a great show. So excited. It would have been our 25th episode if uh, Black Widow weren't coming out. So thanks, Black Widow. Thanks, Disney. Damn you, Black Widow. First you give us Luca, and then you bump us out of our 25th episode slot. Now this, this, for those of you who haven't tuned into a cinema scuffle, it gets intense. Oh, yeah. And now that we're doing it on this platform... Uh, and we can cuss, so <laughs> I'm hoping that's going to be taken out of the rules. Before we did it on the radio waves, and we all know that there are certain rules to that. Words. But I think uh, I think we're going raw here, aren't we? It's going to be gruesome. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> we're going to get canceled so hard. <laughs> Lori will face charges. <laughs> but no real time, just soft probation. Yeah. 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 Nothing too serious. <laughs> Tune in, kids. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't break skin <laughs> how, how what do you mean she didn't break skin weren't y'all on zoom <laughs> yeah she went to his house and like legit tried to stab him she knows where he lives <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. <laughs> told you people die at the fair people die at the cinema show you know what that's from right people when you die, die in the, the cinema show you die in real life Ooh. Yeah, uh, uh, what is it? A, a million ways to die in the West. Yeah. He was like, people die at the fair. Because everybody's always like, there's always an access to death. People die on the cinema show scuffle. What a movie to Man. quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of all movies. I love that. I've seen that movie like a hundred times. Oh, wow. Ah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> don't ask me why. <laughs> well, I don't think that you're one, a true oh. stan until you've seen it a million times. <laughs> Speaking of uh, dad movies, I forgot one of the ones that uh, I wanted to comment on today was uh, another good one is a, a funny route is That's My Boy with Adam Sandler. I recently saw a post on Facebook from an old friend of mine and he had posted on there, oh my gosh, you know, he's up in New York now. He works on different stuff up in New York, my friend Mike Hennenberger. And he posted, he just saw the movie, That's My Boy. He, he just became a father. You know, he, he just had, uh, for the first time. And uh, he saw that movie and he said he never had because he was afraid that it was going to be a stupid Adam Sandler movie. And he said it was during a time when he had made a few in a row. So it got lost in the shuffle very easily. But he said he had never seen it. And he was like, oh, my gosh, guys, have y'all seen this? It's so funny. Like, go and watch it. I'm like, yes, thank you. I've seen that. I, every time that movie's on, I watch it. That's my boy with uh, Vanilla Ice at the end. Yes. Yes. I love that I saw that, that movie. in the theater. I haven't I seen it, it at all. It's so good. In the be- it's so stupid in the best yeah, way. Yeah, Dylan, what's on your mind? I beg to differ on that movie. Good God, <laughs> I saw them. I saw that in the theater, and I was like, "Wow!" Like, <laughs> amazing. Like Adam Sandler, come on, man. <laughs> so no, I hated it. I really did. But I think it's because of the nostalgia factor. Susan Sarandon's in it, and her daughter plays the younger version of her, which I always yeah. liked because that's her daughter in real mm-hmm. life. Uh, and it's a really good storyline. Uh, I think her daughter does a great part as like the young teacher and stuff. And uh, oh, Jackson, yeah. I, I don't know though. I would suggest watching it. I love it. Dylan doesn't think it's so great, but yeah, I, I followed that thread, and so many people started honing in, saying like, "Dude, yes, that movie gets a lot of crap, but it's so funny." That would be literally on the last, <laughs> the bottom of the list for Father's Day movies. <laughs> He's such a horrible dad. You came out strong with Big Fish, Lori. <laughs> and you ended on Adam <laughs> I, Sandler. I, I had to go to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, no, hey, there's a there's a demographic out there. I don't hang that, out in the yeah. middle. I don't hang out in the middle. I hang out on the end. Yeah, there's people that love Adam Sandler all the way to the bad ones. So if you're in I'm there, to them. if you're one of them, yeah, I guess check out That's My Boy. Ugh. That end, that little Thunder Force. That plot uh, twist that towards the end was just amazing. okay. Adam Sandler fans, watch <laughs> Thunder Force and uh, tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 
I okay, well, I did not want to end off on Adam Sandler, <laughs> especially you that's my boy. Thanks for tuning into our Luca review, okay. everybody. Okay, okay, so let's start over from right before we started talking about it, in case Dylan decides. No, no, I, I'll leave it in. It's fine. But if you have something great. else to add, oh, no. go for it. Yeah. Is there any other father movie you would recommend? Um, you know, a great father movie is On Golden Pond. It stars uh, Henry Fonda, and Jane Fonda plays his daughter in it, and it's the dynamic between a father and a daughter and her recent divorce, and she goes to visit her uh, aging parents who are on the verge of cusp of not being able to care for themselves. It uh, was nominated for several Academy Awards, and I believe it won a few. Uh, and you just get to see multi-generational actors uh, doing what they do best and really playing off some real emotions when it comes to tension between fathers and their children. Polar opposites, Lori. You're, you can do it all. <laughs> this is why we pay you. Exactly. We pay you. <laughs> this is why we pay you the big bucks. Actually, she's the only one on payroll in this show. <laughs> and she deserves yes, it. Yes, every penny. <laughs> that's all true, though. <laughs> well, that's going to be it for us here on the Cinema Show. First, I want to thank our, oh, our listeners, of course, for the support and tuning in. And specifically uh, dj frankie i know he's been sharing some of our episodes too so hey man thanks we love you and you're great he actually mixed our first cinema show intro so he's a part of the show oh of course yeah so don't be shy dj frankie share your opinions with us and we'll highlight you here and the cinema show is now available on multiple podcast platforms such as spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Be sure to download, follow, or subscribe, and if possible, leave a review on all our episodes. It helps the show grow. And let us know what you think about what we talked about on this episode by giving us your questions, comments, and or feedback on all our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Show Live. We'll be sure to highlight you on our next episode. Just don't forget to use the hashtag Cinema Show Live. Or maybe you just want to shout out. Either way, you're all part of the panel as much as we are. Jackson, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me in the ocean, swimming with Luca and Alberto. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. And lovely Lori. Hello. You can find me on Twitter, Lori underscore Guajardo. And uh, yeah, I'm going to try to post more. I made that promise to myself. Uh, that I'm going to try to get these thoughts that are in my head instead of just rambling on for so long when I come here once a week. Uh, I'm going to try and get some of it out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And you can follow me on my Twitter at DylanMM5. That's right, D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This is The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. Uh-huh.